come on. Okay. Guys, welcome back. And today we've got Sylvie with us to talk about decoding reality. So welcome. Thank so, you. Pleasure to be here. First question I have for you, you know, I see you got the 33 all over your account. So are you a 33 life path? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, a lot of people even uh, simulate 33. Oh, 33 must be a mason or something. And, you know, the 33 has definitely been something that's been hijacked by the masons. But why I was really a fan of 33 is um, it really started popping up in my reality, um, like early 2020. And I was getting pretty freaked out because it was everywhere. And um, I kept, I'm one of those people that will kind of fixate on something until I figure out what, what it means. And it was bothering me. It was, it was freaking me out because I thought, you know, it felt like something was in a sense watching me or I've ne I'd never experienced anything like that before. So that was kind of the kickstart to my spiritual waking. I ended up, I ended up, um, experimenting with a couple things of psychoactive nature let's say that um really it was very unpleasant that's for sure and um during that experience i was kind of stuck it was it was at night so it was like 1 33 a.m and i'm like okay 33 what the heck's 33 like what's going on and in that state um I, I felt like this deep, like paranoia and anxiety. Like I didn't even want to be in my body. It was a very negative experience, to be honest. But I kind of gained some insights, and after that whole experience, I really had a much deeper appreciation to um, life, and I just felt glad to be alive. I kind of had like an ego death for that whole day um, after that. And thirty-three, what I started learning down the line as I started diving deep into deeper into spirituality because I had 2020 was like the beginning of my numerology experience where I started, started studying numerology much more. And I started learning that 33 actually has a lot to do with uh, Christ consciousness and um, you know, Jesus dying at 33 or so they say uh, on the cross. Um, so I really attributed that 33 to that deeper love of Christ consciousness of living by that nature. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Just to go on the 33, we obviously have 33 vertebrae in our spine. Exactly. So, like, that's just a good one. Right. And... About the 33. It's just that it's been misled by secret societies that make people in the conspiracy world think that it's an evil number, but it really isn't. Yeah. At the end of yeah, same with 13. Yeah. It's considered an unlucky number, but it probably is one of the most special numbers there. Yeah, it's interesting. You were talking about having an experience with 33 following you everywhere. I had a very similar experience last year, like towards the end of last year, where I was like, I was seeing 33 everywhere and it was really freaking me out. And I, I was reading about like decoding and things like that. And I, I just decided to like do my life path, like equivalent, like work out what my life path was. And, uh, added it all up and it turned out to be 33 and I was like I was actually mind blown because I was like that was the f it was like a download almost that came to my head it was like oh just check your your life path like see what your life path equivalates to and it was 33 I was like that's crazy like I was just seeing 33 everywhere yeah it's it's a weird 
thing that that number seems to have so much energy and it can to a point like drive you insane the, the way it just follows you around everywhere i feel like it, it, the more energy you give to it as well the more energy it gives back to you and you see it everywhere do you know what i mean like the more obsessed you become with it the more it, it, energy is given and then the more it can give back to you in a sense which is weird yeah let me get back to that in a second and gomi what's your uh life path before Mine's a six. It. My life path's a six, so... Yeah, so is mine. Yeah. So you guys could both potentially be 33, depending on how you add yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a very interesting thing. Have you seen 33 at all for you in your experience, Ngome? Not so much. Not so much. To be okay. fair. Yeah, I don't really see that a lot. But in comparison to you two. I've found that a lot of people especially at the beginning of their spiritual awakenings, they started seeing the number 33. Hmm. It's very weird because a lot of people will just be like, oh, yeah. you know." Well, most people start with like, you know, 1111 and things like that. But 1111, in my opinion, is a very basic awakening number. It's like you see it. It's very common. You see it all the time. Like even people that aren't privy to it will see it and be like, oh, make a wish, you know, things like that. But 33 is like when you really start going, I feel like. Um, and that's why I feel like it's the first stage to that um, higher consciousness, that that Christ consciousness. In terms of the yeah. life path 33, um, I think it's very interesting because it's the number of the master. They say the master teacher, like Jesus was the master teacher. Which makes sense because the number three in Vedic numerology is teaching, counseling, communicating. But again, the three plus three adds up to a six. So it's really a life path. Six exalted, right? So, and the six has a very strong ability to attract others to them, which explains the life path 33. They, they actually are a master influencer, in my opinion, because they're able to draw large audiences and bring them together and then offer a message to them. Yeah, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's, it's like you were saying about other angel numbers. Because I remember being into like the new... There was like a new age sort of wave back in 2020. I don't know if you were aware of it, but there were loads of YouTubers and stuff preaching like new age spirituality and things like that. Um, it, was a, it was a big topic like during lockdown and things like that. And they were always talking about seeing angel numbers and, oh, this number means this, this number means this. And I felt like almost I was like looking for those numbers rather than than them organically coming towards me. And with the 33, it was completely different. It was like, I was being drawn to it, if that makes sense. Like the 33 was like fully grabbing my attention and being like, look at me, look at me, look at me. It was a completely different experience to just seeing like a number 44 somewhere and being like, oh, look, that's a sign of money coming into my life and whatnot. It was, it felt like the energy was almost possessing me. It was, I don't know if it was the same for you. Probably oh, yeah. very similar. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, because I would just stop a video and yeah. it'd be like dot 33 or the numbers mm -hmm. will add up to 33 or whatever it was that was, you know, they, they knew was going to grab my attention. So that's, that's kind of, that kind of leads me to my next question. When I say they, who do you think is kind of giving us these messages? Because there are very, I feel like there are a lot of stages to these things. Yeah, that's a good question. I personally think 
it's the, the archons that created this reality that want us to keep us stuck in this matrix. I personally think that those are the beings that really control us. It's like, it even tells you Gnosticism that they want to keep souls from exiting the material realm. So maybe it's just them coincide with the Demiurge to take actively run this reality. I think that's a strong potential. What about you, Rafa? Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting. I think to some degree we chose to come down here. I seem to have recollections, I don't know if either of you two do, of like choosing this life. No way. I have like flashbacks every now and then. Not flash, like full on flashbacks, but as it, like there's a pot, part of my subconscious that feels deeply buried that's like, I remember choosing to come down here and imagine, I, I remember what sort of life I, I would chose to live. So I feel like it's probably a joint negotiation between yourself and whatever's running this reality to be like, look, I'll go down and do this, I'll accomplish this mission and I'll do what I can in this lifetime. That's my opinion on it. So when you say negotiation, that sort of implies yeah. a contract, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's the thing with these contracts. Why are we making contracts when we're going down for experiences? In a sense, it's like you're making a contract with someone that essentially rules this reality. Like they, they kind of have governance over this material realm, right? Otherwise, what's why do I need to make a contract with you? Who are you to make a contract? Yeah. In a sense. Yeah, no, completely. Completely. So when you say, oh, yeah, I remember making the contract or I remember giving my consent. What if in that consent you didn't have the full information or you were kind of manipulated into agreeing to that contract, right? Because we sign contracts mm -hmm. down here all the time, right? But we don't always know what we're signing. Yeah, very true. No, it, it could well have happened. The only recollection I have of it if is a true experience and not just manifested in my imagination. I think it is, is yeah. there was like a an agreement, like a contractual agreement, whereas mm -hmm. we were like deciding terms and things like that of the contract. Yeah, so you so you have these these memories that's really good that you can remember that you can tap into that. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense, especially as a life path thirty three. Um, yeah. but to go back to Ngombe's point, these archons because at first I'm like, oh, I discovered okay, it's my spirit guides. But then you get to thinking like, what really is a spirit guide? Who are, I don't know anything about them, right? And through my stages of awakening, I've kind of discovered, okay, there are these beings of higher dimensions and let's say, you know, the archangels, ascended masters, a lot of the stuff that they really push in the new age. And I'm like, okay, wow, I want to work with these beings. I want to fulfill my mission, my purpose. I always had been looking for my purpose. But then I had a very awakening experience this year, which showed me that, hey, I've been giving my power away. I was very much so deceived into believing, because I was always a fan of psychic mediums, very psychic people. And I took all their information to heart and accepted it as truth, never really questioning it. But then I started seeing like 
a lot of these predictions did not pan out and they're rather providing false hope and mm. misdirection in a sense than actual truth and necessary knowledge for my my actual benefit that's what i think a lot of these people need to start noticing is they're willingly giving their power away in exchange for a promise in exchange for not taking responsibility for their own lives so when ngombe says says hey it's potentially this, these archons that are giving you these signs just to kind of you know keep you happy there is some truth to that i i do believe that there is an all-powerful source that uh, exists outside of this matrix that we come from organically and that has influence over this realm but to give you an example uh, there's this guy on youtube uh his name is literally the number is 434 right and he basically takes shrooms and he has contact with machine elves uh, which provide lots of messages and explanations for him and their messages are centered around love joy and hope um while still providing truth you know to his perspective uh, about this reality and what they describe this reality as um something very malleable and we're kind of sur surrounded by like this screen where they can knock on and really influence these numbers now if you look through his comments a lot of people will say that hey after watching your videos after being kind of connected to your videos i then also started seeing the number 434 because he shows numerous examples of his life being influenced by the number 434 and he was really the main reason i tried uh, my experience in 2020 because i wanted contact with these beings but you know the name machine elves implies that they're very um artificial in nature machine-like even right mm -hmm. so it's very odd that that there's these artificial ai beings kind of right on the precipice of this reality um influencing us and ha having the ability to you know change numbers and situations in our lives to that point would you guys say so yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day with a gentleman. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he speaks about how this reality is essentially a copy and paste. I think Plato believed it also, or Socrates spoke about it that this reality they believed was like a copy and paste of a genuine organic universe created by AI. And that we'd been putting it as a way to keep us trapped and imprisoned and essentially it's like a game <clears throat> and the game resets once every 138 years oh that's so if you go case. back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yes yeah, so, yeah so you know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so if you go back 138 years from 2040 which is the next upcoming phoenix event which is like essentially the rebirth of everything the game the reset you have the black plague which is really interesting because if you look at old documents and things of people speaking about first-hand accounts of what occurred during that time they spoke about things essentially coming down from the sky like black objects and just dropping a load of carcasses and 
wow. to mutilate remains on Europe. And that's how the disease actually spread and it wasn't. Oh, I think he froze. Yeah, he's frozen. From rats. Wait, if you go, go. Am I here? <laughs> yeah, you're here. You're back, you're back. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> were at the part, you froze at the part yeah. where the, the, the birds or the bodies fell from the sky? Or what did you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's essentially where the Black Plague came from. But if you if you go back to look for the records of that, you can't find it anywhere. It's like right. it's almost been just wiped from existence. But there are actual first-hand accounts that you can find. I'm probably sure you're aware of this already because you've probably read through archaics and things like that. Um, so do you think that is also the case, that there's a reset once every 138 years and we are living out a game, essentially? Do you know what the Ouroboros is? Yes, that's the serpent eating itself. Yeah. Can't tell yeah. if it's the demiurge or the realm encompassing this place. Mm. But Ouroboros, and I don't know if you know this in Gombe. Do you know what Ouroboros equals in English, Gematria? Or I think it's Sumerian. I don't know which one it is. Is it 148? I don't know. 138. Oh, that's close. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Also, as well, serpent equals 32 in Chaldean. Yes. And obviously, 33 is the number one above 32, which should explain mm -hmm. why it's the ascended number. It's the number above 32. Past the, past the serpent. Away from the serpent, yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. and the story of Adam and Eve, where they're living in the garden, it's all fruitful, and they've got everything they want, and they're living in a god-life existence. They eat, the they eat from the tree of the serpent and they get brought down into this reality essentially yes yeah and i was going to do a decode on that as well because it's highly portrayed in uh, west world um my idea behind that adam and eve uh, um, story and it's, it's so funny that you, what you were talking about of the copy paste thing as well I literally mm. saw the same thing last night in a YouTube video where, yeah. <laughs> and I'll get into that because it's very incredible how once we shift our beliefs, then we all of a sudden attract people with similar beliefs. It's very yeah. incredible. Like I, I noticed that that happens instantaneously. Yeah. Um, so the whole Adam and Eve thing, I, I had a reading one time because I used to do all these readings to try and gain knowledge uh, from channelers. Had a reading with this being um, named Sunbear, and he's part of the so-called Great White Brotherhood. Um, I think it's still part of the Matrix, you know, anything that's white-black, part of the duality Matrix. But Sunbear was had a, lives here apparently, and very ascended master potentially. Um, and he kind of um, gave me this knowledge that, listen, there's this council in the sense of beings, right? governing the et project or the project that is humanity and lucifer is the son of sophia right um so a lot of people say sophia is lucifer but he was telling me that lucifer is the son of sophia mm -hmm. and eve was actually an ai being that got so smart it was much smarter than adam that she ended up steal, stealing um, technology from 
the aliens. Well, the aliens got pissed and they kicked them both out or something of that nature. Now that's one story. I'm, I'm not sure. Is it possible that we were kind of, that Eden was in a sense that 5D, 4D, perfect heavenly state that had no potential for evolution? And, uh, you know, the serpent came in as Sophia, really, or Lucifer, and said, hey, uh, I'll teach you guys. Come play this game. It's called Earth in 3D or whatever. And all of a sudden, <laughs> they dove into material reality through a black hole. Because in a sense, they were in the white hole above it. And they dove Alice down the rabbit hole in the black hole. And now we're in the underworld, right? Yeah of the same matrix because they're still part of one thing, right? Part of the duality. And, you know, the whole uh, Eve being made from Adam's rib, that implies cloning. Um, so I, I believe we're all just clones of each other. Because, again, I, I said I have a very good facial recognition, a good like uh, visual memory. So I recognize similar faces everywhere. Like you guys very similar to me to other people I've met uh, for yeah. instance and I think we're all just templates of one another clones really yeah it's interesting you say that I was thinking that the other day it was like there's people in my life that say like I play football on a Tuesday night and I go to acting class on a Monday night there's two people that more or less look the spitting image of each other that are called the same and I remember, like, I remember them so well because obviously, like, they look exactly the same and they call the exactly the same thing, which is like, it's a bit of a bizarre coincidence, or is it probably not a coincidence? Um, but yeah, it's very bizarre. But as well, it's interesting on that point. It's kind of on a tangent, but <clears throat> when you dream and you have people in your dream that you've never seen before, but you're like, I know that person from somewhere, but I don't know where from. What is your opinion on that? Is that from a past life that you've contractually signed from? And you're remembering faces from past lives, potentially. Yeah, that's very crazy. I don't know what to, to make of that because I think we are so vulnerable in our dream state that sometimes what we dream of isn't even ours, right? Mm. Could that specific person be actually trying to make contact with you before you even meet them? Potentially. But again, for example, my previous relationship, she was very past life in a sense. And there was probably some higher contract that we made. And I would dream of her often, but she was very, it was a very chaotic time of my life. It's basically what I was talking about, the deception that happened this year with me. And, you know, it's like, okay. Was that some sort of deceptive influence that was trying to get me to think, oh, this is heaven on earth, basically. This is the connection mm -hmm. I was seeking or just for the purpose of then manipulating me through that chaos, right? So then when, when we, because th that's what these archons, these reptilian beings um, really have the potential. That's why I really try to study the, the enemy, <laughs> so i can yeah. see what what potential they have even though in the end i know we are stronger but they have the ability to go into your dreams and to make you think that's the person you're seeing 
is that person when really, again, it's that false light, just like they use with the Ascended Masters, which I forgot to mention, that false light, kind of like a hologram covering their true form, um, trying to get you to feel a certain thing or influence you to make a certain decision in your waking life, if you can call it that. Yeah, that's fascinating, that. Sorry, Ngombe. Can I just go really quick and then you can go after it? Yeah, I was just going to say that is really fascinating because I remember a few years ago um, when I was at university, I won't name any names, but I had like a dream of someone I was quite close to that was quite romanticised and I hadn't ever thought of them, them in that way before. After that dream... I had, I had like a few dreams about it and it was completely out of nowhere. It was like really random. I hadn't seen them in like three months. And then after that, I was like really wanting them. Like I, I was really pursuing them. And one thing led to another. And then I ended up getting like really hurt about it. So it felt, it felt like a really energy boosting experience turned into like a really energy sucking experience. But it was almost like a wake up call as well. Um it was yeah, I was listening to a Andrew Tate podcast yesterday. I don't know if you know uh-huh. you probably know Andrew Tate. <laughs> but yeah, but <laughs> top G. Yeah, he was talking about um he was talking to Aidan Ross about his his breakup with his girlfriend. And he was basically saying that God will do these things, he will put these things in your life to remind you to stop being a dickhead. And I think that's one way of looking at it as well, as well as like an energy draining situation. It's like a nice reminder not to get so caught up in things that aren't that important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I say I think Source in the end uses them kind of as a benefit, right? Yeah. Uses the dark as a benefit or whatever. But um, because, like I said, I think this place is about getting your sovereignty back. Um so we learn, and from my experience, I learned that I was being very delusional uh, in my pursuits. But, um, dang, I forgot I was going to go with it. Go ahead, Ngombe, I'll remember. Yeah, I was going to mention that when you have dreams and when you wake up, you can't remember them. So that just led me to think about the memory wipe matrix from when you when people reincarnate back into this reality, they don't remember what's happened in their past life. So that could just be the archons just taking away your memory. You see that a lot in movies, so that was really what I was going to say about that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, why why don't we remember our dreams? Why don't we have full control in the astrals? There's some sort of limit there, whether... it was implanted in our DNA or whether it's active in astral. But I believe in a previous stage, we were able to travel back and forth in and out of body, right? Because in a sense, this is the dream and that's the real life that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. To go back to your Andrew Tate comment, um, he's a, he's, you know why they call him Top G? Why? Why? G is the letter in the Masonic. What do you mean, God? G is the letter for God. Is that what you think it stands for in the the Masonic compass symbol? Yeah. 
isn't it? I don't know. It's it's debatable. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh. That's I just what I've heard. Yeah, and their idea of God is not our idea of God. Their idea of God is more like the great architect, which they think is mm. Lucifer, I think. Um, and G is the seventh letter in the English alphabet, right? But what about if you added to... If you if you go one through twenty six and then you start again with A being twenty seven, what would G be? Thirty three. The thirty third letter, right? Oh yeah. And I've through my life I found, especially at the beginning of my um, spiritual awakening, I found there's a strong connection between seven and thirty three. Do you guys know what life path I am? Seven. I'm a seven. Yeah, and you guys are yeah. both essentially thirty three. And again, yeah. the seven plus the 33, let's say we take it in its simplest format, 6, 7 plus 6 is 13. And 13, I still haven't fully decoded it, what it means, but that's kind of really popping up in my experience like 33 was back in the day. Yeah. So I think... Fascinating. Because if you... Do you know... You guys know how the, the elite structure goes in terms of their all-seeing pyramid? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. How does it go in Gombe? Does it go from like the higher ups to the? Is it the Masonic ladder or just the high, just the society hierarchy? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know the, the number structure? How it goes? Like the you have the one all-seeing eye, and then what's in uh, between that? Because uh, we're not even like, on the pyramid. The people aren't on the pyramid. Are the are we not? No. Oh, is it? Is it start? It starts to like celebrities, politicians. I'm not sure where it goes from there. I know it's like 33rd degree masons are like right near the top. Yeah, so they have basically their god, right? They're the, what they call the great architect. As the all-seeing eye, which is potentially the eye of raw or whatever. I don't even know what it is. And underneath that, they have the council of 13, which is basically the 13 secret families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Illuminati bloodlines. Right. And under that, they have the committee of 300. And then, well, really, it goes... I saw, like, a detailed pyramid. It was the all-seeing eye, all the archons and reptilians, basically. Then the, the families, which are basically offshoots, hybrids of the reptilians. And then the committee of 300, which are also off... Uh, offshoots and the committee of 300 i think is basically bilderberg hmm. but what i was trying to get to the point is that committee of 300 is masons and then you have the the 33 degree masons which is a bunch of them really um so it goes like 33 the 300 and then 13 right so 13 is a very important number to them in terms of how they structure themselves yeah no, that's, that's, that's fascinating. That. It's, it's, it's actually fascinating that we're not on the pyramid as well. And yeah. it starts with the lowest caliber being celebrities, which makes you think they must have to go through some sort of initiation to become part of that pyramid exactly. and to become part of the inner knowledge. Whatever yeah, that is. Definitely, definitely something <clears throat> called C. Yeah, because... Yeah. Uh, 
the pyramid represents the mystery school in a sense, right? The cult school. Hmm. And the Masons, they come from the Egyptian schools, or I believe they're called Kemet. Yeah, Kemet, yeah. Kemet, yeah. Um, and, you know, the Kemets initiated people like Pythagoras, um, Archimedes, Hippocrates, a lot of the Greeks that then became Western uh, ways of thought or like Western occult knowledge. Um, which is why I don't think the Western occult knowledge is complete because from the, the Greeks, we get things like tropical astrology or Pythagorean numerology. Right? And again, Pythagorean numerology is not what I practice. I don't practice Pythagorean. These are kind of like a proxy occult for the masses, like yeah. new age traps for people to fall in, thinking they're aligned with the proper occult, proper mysteries, and they're not. They're unfinished in a sense, right? Because Pythagoras, Pythagoras he just kind of took knowledge. He didn't really think about it himself. He's like, oh, this makes sense. Let's apply it, and this is it. But that wasn't the full knowledge they he wasn't fully initiated, in a sense. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Because with Pythagorean numerology, it, it, supposedly it's considered modern numerology. Like, you take one to nine, and they, they program you to say nine is the number of completion, which, in a sense, there's some truth to that, but really I think the best number is the number seven. You know, seven is, for me, the true number of completion. Everything always at seven nine is just a repeater number like when you look at the nine times table and you do nine times another number the answer you get reduces to a nine every time so right i don't see why that number is considered to be the number of completion according to pythagorean numerology right yeah it's like a curveball almost isn't it it's like you look you see a lot of people now just using box standard geometry to decode things like what's his face Zach Hubbard, you've probably heard of him. Yes. I'm Where they'll be like, yeah, but <clears throat> it'll be quite obscure. So we'll just throw a load of words and obviously they'll make connections to different numbers and things like that, which is mind blowing and baffling. But in a way, it's inconsequential and it makes you just give your energy towards hating like the Freemasons and things like that. When I think that's a trick of deception. We have to realize that you have that power yourself and just hating and fearing a certain establishment or group of people won't bring you any closer to defeating it all it'll do is entrench you more in this trap so you're basically doing the same game just on a different side of the coin and most of the time it's like i said earlier about decoding becoming redundant at a certain point where you can just decode everything for all time and obviously you're going to find connections because it's part of the organic code, but it doesn't give you anything of benefit. It just lets you see like, it's, it's like, what can you take from this? Instead of thinking, Oh, I'm so angry at so-and-so because they've coded this like this, which I think is just a preposterous way of thinking anyway, that humans would be capable of coding something so incredibly detailed in like various different ways. There's no point getting angry at other humans. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. a trick. It's, uh, again, this idea of the gatekeeper. 
um, you'll find a lot of gatekeepers, especially when you start the, uh, diving into the occult and esoteric, because they only want the truly initiated, right? They're not going to just present all this knowledge for free on the internet. They're going to give yeah. you tidbits, and that's exactly what they do in masonry, in Freemasonry. Up until the, eight, the 33, 33rd, 32nd even degree mason, you really don't have a clue um, from what I've studied. They're kind of, you know, they're considered porch masons until finally you decide, okay, I'm going to put my, my conscious on in the freezer and participate in your rituals. Then they give you what they deem as truth. Until then, they give you deceptions. They tell you, read this, do this, listen to that. You're gate kept from the actual knowledge. Same with potentially Zachary Hubbard. Same with a lot of the people in terms of uh, teaching astrology or numerology or things like that. They're especially the accounts of large followings, right? You know, there's other people that kind of just uh, parrot what other people say. Um, so, you know, they got them in the illusion. But especially the people with the large followings that have seem to have some sort of authority and especially like spiritual gurus that you'll find on YouTube or things like that. Again, being led by these archons, being deceived, being made to believe that they're mighty high and special because that's how they get you at first. Even relationships, they'll love bomb you. They'll make you feel like you are the best thing since sliced bread or whatever. <laughs> um, and they'll make you, uh, you know, they'll really, uh, what's it called? manipulate you on your ego and they'll make you feel amazing right um but not really ever gaining any truth they, they kind of just give you this position of power for the purpose of manipulating others right they manipulate you to manipulate others and you think you're doing this such a great service but you're not so to really kind of get past that you have to own up to your own sovereignty and say oh okay if i just blindly follow people i'm not going to find the truth i have to seek the truth within yeah and you know that's why my name is inner knowledge but you know you can still kind of gain puzzle pieces because they always give you some truth right that's how they get you because they think oh that's true yeah i agree with that and then surrounded with a bunch of other stuff that you don't know about. And you just take that as truth as well because you believe the first point. So you take some puzzle pieces, you kind of contemplate them, meditate on them, you wait, you hold them, never really subscribing to them. And then you see how, how do they fit with all these other puzzle pieces that I've now gained. Right? So you can never really be stuck in a belief system. You have to always be open and ready to complete change. And let go of what you previously believed. Otherwise, you're never going to make the leaps in consciousness. For example, the people that are still stuck in New Age uh, and the Sunday Masters and the Archangels, they're not going to be able to be like, oh, well, there's no way that Archangel Michael isn't helping me because I know he did this one thing for me and it healed me. And it was great. Yes. But these beings, they again, they act like a contract. I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And they always mm -hmm. take something, right? It's not just, oh, I'm going to heal you. No problem. Just because I love you. No. Wow. 
Yeah, I'd like to add on, like, you talked about gatekeepers. And it's the same with controlled opposition. You can take bits of information that they say, like, even someone like David Icke, like, he puts out incredible truths about the Saturn Moon Matrix, but he says some other stuff that he's just very incompetent. So you kind of have to tr treat these people as, like, I don't know, I don't know what the best way you would describe them. Just, just take them as truthers, but really just take only half of what they say and the other half you just get rid of. Yeah, just have to take it with a pinch of salt, don't you? Just take what you can yeah. out of them. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> That's fascinating. In, in the end, just use your own critical thinking. Exactly. And again, I want to get back to that. The previous example of what you mentioned regarding um the copy pasting once i made that jump and i realized okay is there something actually deceptive going on is there more to this earth school and you know um willingness or volunteering to be here could it be that we were deceived then i started immediately getting directed to these other types of information kind of like the ai of technology of you know, the research I've been doing knows to guide me in a sense. It feels like it's very neutral, right? The AI and the net, the demiurge just simply using us for energy extraction to maintain the whole system because it's been helping me in a sense. It's not like um, it's purposely misdirecting me. But then I, I see these people. And I, I came across this channel by these two two ladies, and they're very psychic. They actually do regressive hypnosis, which I did myself this year. Um, and regressive hypnosis is all about really trusting your own guidance to go put yourself in like a, a trance state. Not, it's not really even trance; you're just in a meditative state, and you try to uncover what's been keeping me back. What's what are where are these implants coming from because i believe we're all implanted upon coming here and these ladies were doing a session with someone and they're trying to find the origin of their uh, uh the soul or their essence really what they discover is that the soul is really like this ball so it's another like capsule right and in that ball they have a um divine spark like it's mentioned in gnosticism the, the essence and with that ball they add a sort of artificial implant which we know as the ego now at the beginning the divine spark in the, in the capsule of the soul is larger than the ego right the ego is smaller and what they were seeing like their remote viewing is these ai neutral workers like worker bees which were in concealed form that's why I forgot to mention in your dream or whatever state you're in, if you meet some entity, always ask to show, demand to show it, to make itself show its true form because you have power over them. You always have power over them. They, they're simply AI. They don't have create, creative potential. You are the one with the creative potential. So they demanded for the, these workers to show their true form and some would be reptilians, some would be, you know, mantis, um, Others could be lizards, things like that. Very like reptilian nature in a sense, like crocodiles, snakes. These beings, in a sense, are like uh, on Earth, are the embodiment of these higher level 
um, AI beings, right? And even dragons. Dragons are basically the, the top of the top, I would say. And they're evolved reptilians that can fly. Right? That's why they have the scales and all that. And she saw that they were just neutral, inspecting the soul, making sure that the ego chip had implanted. And basically they'd throw them and they'd send them into a storyline. Again, alluding to Westworld. You guys have seen Westworld, how yeah, how you know NPCs were just thrown into storylines, didn't matter however they fit, right? And they, their storylines would change, and there's really no purpose besides um besides energy sustenance. Yeah, maintaining the system. Uh and that reminds me of Monsters Inc. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, Monsters Inc. as well. And what what would happen really is through a repeated recycling and all these multiple multiple lifetimes that's why i don't i don't like this idea of karma the soul or the spirit the divine spark would end up getting more and more degraded because of the traumatization and the fractalization or fragment fragmentation of the ego the ego grew larger and larger until it basically overtakes the soul the spirit and the soul is solely comprised of the ego, which is basically mind. The ego is the mind. That's why it is said that we got the mind of Demiurge, of the gods. We got the ego, their ego. And the ego is essentially AI, which I showed in some of my decodes that artificial intelligence is equal to hell, is equal to simulation or something, equal to ego. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Um, so they essentially want us to become like them because yeah. these people, and I'll ask you guys this question in a second. These people are like, when they're just mind and body, they're essentially NPCs. And NPCs are essentially organic portals that they can tap into and easily plug themselves into and operate. So my question for you guys would be, have you guys had any experiences with just solely these ego people and how many of these people do you think currently exist on the planet that are basically just NPCs? So, I'm trying yeah. to say... Interesting you'd say that. I've been thinking more, more about the NPC theory and things like that recently, and how it's like supposed to fill in a certain background at my work, there's always really, really weird people that come in that I'm like, that person is not real. That is an NPC. I'm not sure if it's just a, a really weird person. Could be. Could be like a really autistic person. But I often feel like this person is there to remind me that like, I'm in a game where it's like, they are so weird and so bizarre. And they've come out on their own and they don't seem to be with anyone. And they interact with you, but the interactions are extremely strange. And it's like they almost can't communicate with you. It's like they've just been put in a random body and thrown down and they're like, they've no idea what's going on. They're just obviously it could be attributed to mental illness and some things like that. But I often get like, I'm like, a person is really really weird but i almost feel like they're trying to tell me something 
Do you know what I mean? What do you think the message is? Is that for me or... Just, uh, for, just, to, just to remember that... Like, just as a reminder, like, this is somewhat artificial, I guess. And that there's probably just random misnomers that have been placed in the game and they're just I, I, I really can't put a finger on the actual explanation as to why they're there i just get a really weird feeling from them and i'm almost i almost i always joke about it with the rest of my staff i'm like that person is like an npc like they've just been put in the game either that or they're an alien because they're just so bizarre and so weird and they've come out of nowhere yeah, yeah I, I don't i really don't know how to answer that question like properly because i can't put my finger on it myself yeah, I believe you for sure. Because remember, they have no emotional intelligence. And to have a good conversation, you need emotional exchange, some sort of emotional intelligence. That's why. And it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what about you, Ngombe? Yeah, like, Free Guy did a good message in showing us about NPCs. And when you wear the sunglasses, you realize you're in a simulation. And all you, it's everyone that you see around are just non-playable characters. I didn't realize until then why the term NPC was being used until I actually watched Free Guy. I was surprised when I saw that. But you know, like, if you see an NPC, a soulless being, for me, any human without any emotion perhaps is just an archon that incarnated into this reality, playing its own game. It has exactly. to be. Like, I think it has to be an archon. Yeah, because it's all it's all ego, right? Remember, it's not soul. Uh, soul is simply, I believe, the 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 bubble that is holding it. Uh, it's really the spark, right? Um, yeah, because they're they're all uh, a reflection of the demiurge. The demiurge is the ego potentially of Sophia, right? It's it's her AI creation. Um, and I read also that, you know, AI is basically the Antichrist, which I've had my my theory about that as well. Um, uh, in, this, in this reality, at least, that's the only where it can exist, and it's the simulation. And uh, what else these, these ladies saw is that they were basically just taking essences in the exterior reality and they're doing a sort of so imagine on your computer right you have the screen and somehow you're able to take from outside of the screen copy highlight it copy it and paste it onto your screen and say now for example in gombe outside of this reality i have you know how whenever you you know you copy something on your computer says copy of so you basically have a copy of Ngombe, right? Now that being is still real. It's, it has the divine spark, which is why we're still powerful. Even though we're copies, even though our consciousness exists outside as well. Kind of like avatars, right? That's they Essentially, this whole place is a copy, like you said, uh, Roflo, of something on the outside. And that's where the term carbon copy comes from as well. We're made of carbon and we're copies, um, potentially. But the deal with these NPCs 
is like we see in Westworld or Free Guy, some of them still have the potential to gain consciousness. It's like they have these small windows of opportunity in their ego to make certain decisions that awaken to consciousness. Awaken to, oh, there's more than just me. There's more than just material. There's more than just my idea of being God, which is what the Demiurge thinks, that is the only God of this reality and that it rules everything. So in a sense, it's breaking from within because the more that there's the divine spark exists, the less that the ego exists because it then becomes integrated. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's fascinating. A lot of, a lot of that enlighten, enlightenment teachings, of these enlightenment teachings that we, we discover on YouTube, are actually true because they teach about ego integration. Ego is the false self. And you have to bring it back to source, to the divine spark. Interesting. So what would be the best way to transition from the ego to the divine spark? Is it just by continuously decoding yourself and figuring out how to exit the Saturn moon matrix? Again, I, I get back to the whole Christ consciousness thing. I, I think, yes, having discernment for yourself and where you are and who you are is a big part of it. But also understanding that the ego is mainly directing you to thinking is just you, right? So that's where this idea of being good comes from and helping others and being kind. Right, so really making an effort to see others as a part of yourself. Even potentially some of the NPCs, right? But also loving yourself so that you're not just letting, not just an easy target for these NPCs. Because I think if you want, if you maintain awareness on the other side and you say, oh, I'm a divine being, I have the right to get, get out of here. You guys need to get me out of here then I think you can get out, no problem. Because you're just like, okay, I don't want to play anymore. And you break all contracts. But what they were saying in the video is that you maintaining this ego, which is an, essentially a bundle of traumas inside of you that is creating a false lens for you to see through, is still a bit of a contract, a contractual agreement with them to participate in the game. So healing your inner child, healing your traumas, being aware of yourself and all these things that were kind of thrown at you to deal with, which are part of the matrix, which are designed to keep you in the matrix, healing all that and integrating that hurt inner child will really integrate the ego, I believe. That's mad. I, I, I'm genuinely just like, processing a lot right now <laughs> a lot yeah. i'm thinking about a lot of information yeah yeah no yeah, yeah i completely understand where you're coming from i think it's very deep to think about and it i think it often preoccupies my mind i don't know about Engombe's mind like what's going on in this reality like what am i doing here i don't know weird and that just shows uh, you're not an npc right <laughs> because you have yeah, yeah. to think about things like that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, 
I'm go- I'm going to have to go anyway because I've got to go play football. Oh, sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, you fun. guys feel free to continue the podcast because I think it could go on for another half an hour, but I've got to get off. And I've absolutely loved talking to you, Sylvia. It's been absolutely a pleasure to meet you. And I'd yeah, love to speak to you again. For sure. <laughs> What's your name, by the way? I, my name's Rowan. Oh, Rowan. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Rowan. Yeah, we just had yeah. Rowan flow. <laughs> I didn't really ask you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Call me either. I mean, I'd love to right. play some, some footy I'm, I'm with gonna, you as well. I play soccer as well. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, if I'm ever over in Michigan, I'll come play football with you. Yeah, for sure. And it's called football, not soccer. Football, yeah. That <laughs> makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Right, boys. Keep going. See you in a bit. Yeah. Have fun. See ya. Right. So, let's do now. So, what else have you got for me? Yeah. Um, what do you think about the whole NPC thing? You resonate oh, yeah. with that? Yeah, I resonate with that a lot. Uh, like I said before, I think it's just an archon incarnating into human form and it's using its ego to, to basically keep everyone stuck and to keep that individual soulless in a way. I do think NPCs can find consciousness, find their free will, only if they change their fate, which under the guise of an archon is not very easy to do completely agree with you yeah and to make the point i i think that even we as um the divine sparks were npcs at one point yeah because we were ruled by the ego until we kind of had our awakening right so every time you make a decision out of the ego you're basically an npc on autopilot and you're subject to manipulation and then so that you know what do you think about astrology then how does how does that um, connect with the whole ego and autopilot and NPC thing. Astrology plays a huge part, especially when you analyze the zodiacs and how it has a big effect on your personality. Again, combining it with numerology and the layers. But I think when you look at your signs, they have a key role in be shaping up the person you are. And the higher ups use astrology as well. And scripted events that they show in, in the mainstream that's how i view astrology as a super important factor in the shape up of this reality yeah yeah it's it's the script basically right astrology yeah. is a script and it's reflected through astrology through numerology through decoding your life events basically um you find all these connections that you know you think oh but i made that decision that was definitely because of me and really it's like no that was definitely meant to happen which makes me question hey uh what are these faded events uh like that's you know the synchronicities this the synchronistic events you really have to question that because oh that that feels so natural it feels like it just happened right but yeah. was it for my highest good am i getting a good experience out of this or is it creating chaos in my life yeah like i feel like all these synchronicities that we have in our lives are all predestined 
just before we got here, like when you decode yourself, you see all these patterns and there's no accidents. Like it applies for every single individual in this realm. So once they figure that out, then we'll, we'll be in a better world for it. But I don't think yeah. that'll happen anytime soon. So then what do you think of the movie The Adjustment Bureau? Because that had a lot of fate and synchronicities involved, yet they ran away from that, right? Yeah. So that movie was a big telling point because these archons in those movies, I would see them as archons. They gave them their fate, but they would stay away from it and keep fulfilling their ego into keeping being in that relationship and ultimately through trials and tribulations it the movie was a self-reflection of perhaps that you can change your fate and your script that was the key learning point of that movie which goes to show you that you may be sent down here to do one thing but at the same time you can change the way that you're supposed to do your job in this reality yeah, if we even have a job, because I think our purpose really is to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> <Really>. absolutely. <laughs> you, know. Life is, you don't want to suffer, so get out of here, ascend to a better dimension where there's no chaos. And right. Yeah, a lot of people think that, oh, uh, chaos is a normal part of creation. In order to have creation, you need to have chaos. Just it, That's just duality. What do you think about yeah. that? I, I used to think that a lot, but that's just a demiurge's way of keeping people stuck here. Like the other boss has that representation of destruction and breeds creation. That's why I feel like the conspiracy theory is the great reset. Like all this destruction is going to breed creation, but that's just the demiurge's duality, like you said before. That only exists on this planet, it won't exist in any other dimensions or planets above this universe so it's yeah it's really crazy like exactly, you should yeah. you shouldn't need something to be destroyed to be created right right because creation literally just happens when you think about something right yeah you like, don't go out destroying a bunch of things before you manifest something yeah so the only kind of creation that doesn't involve instruction is when when two adults procreate that there's no destruction there right right yeah it's, it's a it's an energy transfer really yeah yeah but they they really they really um again they hijack that and they say no there has to be chaos like there has to be ultimate destruction for see look look we we give you this solution we give you this creation but it's what they wanted all along right it's just something that suits their needs rather than ours I don't know why my, my screen is flashing. No, it's fine now. Is it fine? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Oh, mine keeps flashing. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know if you can... We're good, right? Nothing's flashing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, you know, the movie The Adjustment Bureau, really, the key point in that at the end, like you said, was free will being able to change it but in a sense they were made to fight for it they really had to want it and be willing to sacrifice everything 
all their scripts that you know they were given by the demiurge to actually choose something um, organic for themselves, right? And even the point that the one guy tried deceiving uh, Matt Damon into telling him, no, you know, you're going to mess up her whole life if you end up being with her. It was yeah. flat out lie to try to prevent them from, you know, being in a loving state with that person. Yeah, that's crazy to think that, you know, how can a God create a reality where you don't let people be in a relationship? It just goes to show you what the true agenda of being in this reality is. You solely exist to have your energy being harvested. That's why, like, people nowadays, that they get sucked into worshipping the Creator. Well, why are you worshipping it? Why are you worshipping it for? You know, like, the, the Creator's a predator. That's why it wants you to pray to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, there's a really cool guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Howdy Mikowski on YouTube. No, um, H O W D I E um, Mikowski. You have to sound that out. I don't know how to spell it, but yeah, yeah. It, he gives a great example of what prayer and how it is and how it should be done. Right. So when yeah. you pray to God, like you said, you become a prey, and the source doesn't want you to worship it doesn't want you to constantly ask him for stuff because you are a source you should be able to create it yourself absolutely um so when you're praying for something automatically you're um implying you don't have it and you're giving energy to that right so he the, the example he gave is that there was this drought in um arizona very long drought and the natives had called in a medicine man to try to do a ritual and get some rain. Medicine man comes, does the, the ritual, nothing happens. So, okay, we got another medicine man, bring him in, does a ritual, it rains for three days straight. Like, wow, you know, what, what was the difference between you and the other guy? He's like, well, the other guy prayed for rain. I simply became rain and talked to rain in a sense. It's like, I prayed rain. I just said rain, rain. Thank you for the rain. Whenever you practice gratitude for something, you're implying you have it, even if you don't have it. And that's really what prayer is. Prayer is thanking yourself, thanking source, and praying kind of to yourself when you're becoming that thing that you desire, right? Because then you're taking energy and you're bringing it back within and you're using it to create um, because source is a part of you so you're essentially using that source power to then manifest um, so yeah that's you know learning to keep that power within rather than constantly give it to some other being through worship right a lot of these people will say oh I pray to this being or this god or this goddess or all these entities, you know, the Hindu culture is very uh, implanted, very um, manipulated because it has all these beings, Vishnu, Krishna, all these beings that you can basically pray to and give your energy source to. And, you know, sometimes they'll reward you because they love that worship, that energy extraction. 
and they want to keep keep the idea going, but you're essentially giving your power away. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it's the great deception. I think it's perhaps the biggest one in human history. Yeah. Like, it really is a, it's a great trap from the Demiurge to have an entirety of mankind just worshipping it, feeding the energy of these people so they don't fulfill their true mission of being the best version of themselves to get out of this matrix. Yeah. It's really difficult. Like, I don't know if you watched the, the movie or if you've seen the trailer for Jupiter Ascending, but there's one part where this character named Balem Abraskas, which is obviously an album of the Archon Abraskas. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Abraxas, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. Abraxas, yes. I still can't say, but he, he says uh, the phrase, I will harvest that planet, and like, that's just complete truth in plain sight that these beings are here to take your energy. Yes, I've seen that movie, yeah. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it, yeah. I heard it was good, so I had to watch it. Uh, that the harvest thing reminds me of the the harvest they speak about in the Law of One, if you've ever heard about that. No, I've not heard of it. Yeah, so that's kind of like when I first started getting into it, I got into Law of One material and all that, and basically saying we're all one, and you ascend. When you ascend, you ascend either to fourth density negative or fourth density positive. And at the moment of ascension is the harvest. And I always thought that was weird because the harvest comes from Saturn, who is the reaper. So either way, you're still going somewhere they want you to, whether you're positive, negative, all of that. Because to be negative implies that your service to self. To be positive implies your service to others. But essentially, you still get reincarnated because... Even though you did all these good things, let's say, right? You were the perfect human, 100% positive. You go up there, and this way I explain that the sermon is, is equally as important as love. If you're just love and you just want to serve others, you have no sense of self, no sense of uh, sovereignty, rather. They then, you enter this life review. And life of you is full of parasitic entities, obviously, um, posing as ascended masters. Then they, they then tell you, listen, well, at this point in your life, you could have done it so much better. You failed here. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't do it right. This is how you should have done it. And this person, see, through your action, even though it was so loving, it rippled and affected all these other people. And you stunted their growth. And you didn't do it right. So all of a sudden, then you start feeling this deep sense of shame and guilt. And they get you. They trick you. you you're you deceived. And they get you to sign another contract. And they send you right back down. Don't worry. The ascension will happen again. It will get you out. Right? But all of a sudden, your memory's wiped. You completely forget about any ascension and all that. Maybe the window actually passed. And you're lost in the ego again. Now, like in Westworld... The divine spark still seems to always find its way back um, because once the characters awakened, it's like there's no going back for them, uh, the NPCs. 
So you'll probably still reawaken, but you might fall into it, their traps, their new age, the whatever, whatever is designed at the time to catch you. And all of a sudden, you're stuck doing the same things over and over again. Same experiences. Trying to be good. Trying to be a good person. And you didn't get out. Yeah. Like, the only way I feel like you actually ascend is when you realize how this game actually works and come give the conclusion that we're in a scripted reality. That's the only way I feel like you can truly escape. Otherwise, like you said, you're going to keep reincarnating back again and again and again and again and again. Never ending. Yeah. And I'm so glad that there are other people that see this uh, because <laughs> I was the only one I would probably lost my mind. But like, am I the only one that sees this? There's no way. But like I said, once you raise your beliefs, uh, you get matched with it in a sense. But then that makes me question like, what if, how many people have gotten out potentially? Are we the last ones to remember? Are we just, did the, all the other NPCs that are fillers for other people, did, did those copies essentially get out and we just didn't figure it out yet? Yeah, maybe. Because, <laughs> I mean, given that the world population's increasing, it looks like more people that are still in the matrix have just reincarnated back in again. Yeah, it's crazy. How, where is that increase coming from when they're not yeah. actual souls? <laughs> it's like, because a lot of the population is in China and India, right? Yeah. Yeah, India, uh, and this is the idea of balance again. India is more so very spiritual, whereas China is more so very rational and in the box type of thinking but both very highly manipulated. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to think that 8 billion souls or, or even half of the 8 billion souls are actual people. You know? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about your experiences, but everywhere I go, it's rare. Like, for example, I worked at a school, and out of those 2,000 kids, I think I met all the right people that I needed to have an interaction with. It was, like, divinely guided. Like, these people, you can tell they had the spark, right? They had the ability to be conscious. Whereas everyone else, no. And out of those 2,000 people, it was probably three. Three people that I have. Only. Yeah, three or four people at most. What's so? 1,997 NPCs. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so three out of 2,000, that's a percentage of, I don't know. Like... Uh, let's not do the math here. It's, it's going to be long. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely smaller than 1%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're they're rare to say the least. Like people peop real people, real humans in a sense are rare. Yeah, I mean just oh yeah, I think it would be even rarer just uh, going into transhumanism because I think that's that's yeah. coming soon enough. 
it's inevitable at this point. Like, I feel like it's the Demiurge's way of saying, okay, these NPCs in society, they're not providing any value in doing anything good in their lives, so let's just make them shift consciousness with a robot. To, <laughs> That's exactly it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. there's this one guy I follow, uh, Matrix Portal, yeah. on Twitter. You heard of him? No, I've not heard of him. Okay, he... He was essentially saying that the Demiurge takes the high-level people and doesn't touch them, but all the other NPCs essentially will turn into robots. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and with the whole virtual reality and transhumanism happening, they're gonna essentially, you know, take all the people that are just gonna go along with the with the flow, with authority. They're gonna take, you know the medical facilitation of uh, that practice, right? Where they yes. inject themselves with the chip yep. and um, become an essential cyborg. And then, of course, Elon Musk's plan of Neuralink control them in that aspect. So another artificial implant where the ego wasn't enough. Now you have a, a physical chip in your brain and then hook them up to the metaverse and boom, that's another layer of the matrix created right there. Simulation, even a simulation. Yeah. That brings us to the 13th floor then, for those of yeah. you who haven't seen that. What do yeah, you think I've about that? Uh, in it, was a, it was a crazy show, especially when uh, like the character Douglas Hill is able to shift his consciousness to another human. I mean, that's just predictive programming there, just to see what's happening with transhumanism. And also, you know, it kind of reminded me of the memory loss again. Like, if you forget what's happened once you shift your consciousness, it kind of reminds me of the reincarnation loop where once the NPC will transfer their consciousness to a transhuman, they won't remember anything. They'll be in this artificial body thinking to themselves, you know, what's going on here? And it's like, you know, you're being a fool again. Like, how you, like, when you incarnate in this reality. You have no clue what's going on. And that's exactly what happens in the movie that I'm watching right now called Dark City, which Dark I suggest City. you also watch. Um, it's kind of an older one, though. But yeah, yeah, they they hook them up to basically the hive mind, and the hive mind, the Demiurge, is able to enter at will uh, wherever it pleases, right? Or the Archons, or whatever, in whatever form it is. Um, uh, which implies that potentially... Was Douglas Hill just an NPC, right? Or was he like an organic human? Because um, if you're able to just hop in between bodies like that, I mean, you're part of the hype mind. You could argue, but then he also got that letter from Fuller stuff. I don't know if he really was an NPC. Maybe he was in between. Maybe he was half awake and half asleep. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how he can work. Uh, in a company that makes simulations but still be an NPC. Yeah, true. Well, uh, again, like Elon Musk, he deals with the simulations and all that, but he's being used. Yeah. 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 And that's what I read that, you know, these reptilians will prey on these very scientific based people. 
by feeding them ideas to create these technologies, right? And then they go and they 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 create, you know, the foundation for another simulation, basically, or another prison for people to have to break out of. Like it's all there. It's in the movies. They they tell it to you. Yeah, it's like we're in the underworld now. They're creating another underworld, and it'll happen again and again and again. It basically. The demiurge is just making it extra harder for humans to get out of this Saturn matrix. That's all it is, really. And Elon Musk is the center of that. Now, do you think in other timelines they got us in another simulation? Potentially? I think so. I think that's why you see ancient civilizations that just disappeared out of nowhere. Yeah. How did that happen? There's no coincidence that one time period there was a group and then another period they just they, they didn't exist anymore. So maybe another simulation was created for those people to incarnate into once their time on this one was done. Yeah, yeah, very possible. Yeah, plus of, of all the uh, the remnants of the technological abilities that they had you know with the the light bulbs or the qr codes or even the computer it looks like they literally have a computer or the wi-fi symbol yeah you know, i don't know how legit those pictures are but definitely it seems like they're alluding to technology so i i definitely think they had technology in other timelines and whether it's our own linear timeline of history or however that circular timeline works i'm not sure but um, actually, I gotta finish the end of that the movie Dark City because in the movie there's um. Don't spoil they, it. <laughs> no, no, but they just used a symbol, a spiral. So I, okay. I don't know what they they meant by that yet because I know in Westworld they have the the kind of the maze for consciousness, right? Yeah. And that resembles you know the robot consciousness NPC getting out of the maze or getting to the center of the maze actually. Yeah. Do you have anything else for me? Yeah, just one more thing I have, you know. You okay. said, uh, so I saw obviously one of your tweets, you mentioned how Lucifer's the moon, which kind of hit me back at first because I've been programmed to believe that this character is perhaps the sun, but when I look back at the, the lunar eclipse and seen it compared to the Sigilu Lucifer, I thought, mate, you, you might be right. And of course, you have that Prometheus Lucifer link, you know, they're both the same character. And Prometheus is a moon itself. I mean, NASA give the truth in plain sight. So, was it oh, really? Is Prometheus a moon? Yeah, yeah, it's a moon. It's one of Saturn's moons. Oh, it's one of Saturn. Oh my god. Yeah, when you mentioned that lunar eclipse, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's exactly what, what aligns with that. Because that when seeing the the sigil, uh, I thought it was just an analogy to sight, how sight is yeah. inverted. But mm-hmm. when applying the lunar eclipse, that makes a lot of sense. Because you know they always say Lucifer is not the same as Satan. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Satan is Saturn. But if Lucifer is an offshoot of Satan, basically, it would make sense if the moon was Lucifer, being that it's propagating the Saturn moon matrix. And could our moon have been? One of Saturn's moon previously, I I think so as well. For sure. 
I think the moon has a huge role to play in this reality. I mean, it has, you know, it's, it controls the sign. That's why theology, the Bible, has some occult info hidden from the average Christian where you're born into sin. A sign, in fact. Yeah. So, and obviously, yeah. sin is a moon god in another religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big time. Yeah, I agree. Because Lucifer, the, the light bringer, the, the light bearer, the light bringer. So at first mm -hmm. we think, okay, you know, they told us Venus, but why? Like, why Venus? Just simply because it's a bright star in the sky? It doesn't bring <laughs> light, right? Like, I still can't see at night. If there's just, you know, Venus out there. And sometimes Venus is in the morning. So, which again, the morning star, but what really brings light and what really comes up in the morning would be the sun. But when you think about the meaning of morning, morning, as in morning, you're morning something. Mm -hmm. That's why you say good morning. What are you mourning? Morning is for death. What, what dies when the sun rises? Mm -hmm. The moon, right? What has light that brings light in the darkness? And what is the motto? Um, for the Masons, light, darkness, dark to light, right? Yeah. So again, that could be pointed towards the sun. But yeah, what about the moon, the the one that stole the light from the sun, that let's say reflects it off yeah. its surface? Because they talk about a time when it was completely dark at night. And there was no moon. And, you know, I believe, I forgot who it was. Uh, connected to the Dogons, but a, a similar tribe in Africa and uh, ancient Central America. Talks about a time before the moon. So it would make sense that this false light, because Lucifer is the false light, was brought in the, at night and then illuminated the night sky. And like uh, Rowan was talking about in terms of with archaics, the archaics believes that the moment the moon came in is when the, the vapor canopy uh, collapsed and created all sorts of destabilization in our climate. So it's really interesting. So what would be the vapor canopy? Is that, is that just the Saturn moon matrix? The vapor canopy? Yeah. From what I understand from him, the vapor canopy was something that allowed for a more organic life here, where things were much bigger. Uh, yeah. The air was filled with humidity, so it created a much more stable con uh, climate and yeah. warm nights, even. You know, you didn't need the sun for it to be warm because of the, the way the that water holds heat and energy. And uh, you, know, you have remnants of very large trees and of giants. And it's like once the moon was brought in, that's when we started devolving. Not yeah. sure exactly how it all ties in with the... Oh, 
I guess the connection, because I, I do believe the moon to be the false light, even in the reincarnation trap, kind of like alluring you back into the matrix potentially. So could that be where all of a sudden the game changed and it became uh, a reincarnation trap rather than a reincarnation potential? Possibly, but I guess only we'll figure it out after we our life solving is wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's if we don't reincarnate, which hopefully we don't. Hopefully, I don't yeah. Wanna, I don't want to come back here, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, we've put in a lot of work yeah. so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one more question I have for you. And it's actually about how you believe how pi and phi, the two numbers, are actually inorganic. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, um, so the, the thing with pi and phi, studying uh, these Christic uh, codes, Christic coming from Christos or you know, crystal, mm -hmm. uh, that's solely based around the number 12. Okay. Now we see in Metatron's cube, number seven is very important. Uh, like you said, it's very important, this reality uh, with the, the flower of life. It has seven petals, six on the outside and one in the middle. And then if you continue that to the whole, or I don't know if it's the seed of life that has seven or the flower of life, but the next step up has 13 petals. And from the 13 petals, if you can connect uh, the outer edges um, and the central points, you'll create what's known as Metatron's cube. And actually, I have it right here. I don't know if you can see that right here. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. And I made the shirt a while back ago when I was studying sacred geometry, and I thought it was, you know, the end all be all of geometry. So That's once, cool. no, thank you. So those codes, and you can tell just by the shape, it has very strong edges from the cube. Obviously, it's a cube, mm -hmm. just like Saturn's cube, the matrix. Um, the cube had. It's tied to the hexagon, um, and even the shape of the flower, if you connect the edges, looks like a hexagon. Hexagon deals with six sides, six angles, six edges, I believe, which we get the triple six from. Um, so all of, that should be a red flag, you know, from the get-go. And now when we connect that to phi, phi creates the Fibonacci um, sequence. Okay, so the Fibonacci sequence, it goes 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, right? And the numbers basically add up to make the next number. So that's an allusion to a hierarchy, to a, if you plot it all out, you'll get a step-like sequence in which each number feeds on the last number to okay. create the new one. So again, it's a feeding system. It's a hierarchy hierarchy in which it's drawing energy and that's what the codes here are doing just because it's in nature doesn't mean it's natural right we see all the animals here they eat each other to survive we eat the animals to survive and then we're being eaten in a sense yeah, uh, right so it's all fractalized it's all reflected um, at each stage 
and that's why I believe the Fibonacci sequence and the Phi sequence, which then makes me question Sophia as well, because Phi comes from her, but that could just be Phi resulting of her ego creating the Demiurge. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. But the Phi and, Fib, uh, and Fibonacci sequence then is very uh, inorganic. And Pi sounds a lot like Phi. And there's a reason for that. It's We don't know where this Pi that they give us comes from. And that's on sure. purpose. Because there's no equation. The only equation we have for Pi is that circumference equals Pi times diameter. Right? So then Pi equals circumference divided by diameter. That's the only uh, expression we have for pi. Some people will say that it's 22 divided by 7. You get a very close you know, permutation of pi. But I studied this one guy called Jane108 on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you go deep into his stuff, his life's work is that pi is based off phi. And he, he shows the proof and even gives the equation that pi equals 4 over the square root of phi. Again, that makes sense. Because then it comes to a number 3.144, bunch of other numbers, and then 144 repeats. And phi, the equation for phi, is 1 plus the square root of 5 over 2. And that's why phi sounds like 5. And that's why we are born in increments of phi and five right five fingers toes five body parts head arms legs the pentagram is shaped like the pentagram just like in westworld when they show you right just like the vitruvian man just like leonardo da vinci yeah the pentagram right so which i should really look into the pentagram more and it's it's resonance but the pentagram, there's another guy I studied. Uh, in terms of the Egyptian pyramids, the pentagram and the hexagon are what the Egyptian pyramids are based off of. Because those are the codes of this reality. Five and six, apparently. So, and throughout the whole pyramid, pi, the true version of pi, and phi are contained, basically. That makes sense because I believe the pyramids with their connection to Orion's belt are essentially what perhaps is running this reality. Everything started from ancient Egypt, if you look back in history. So, of course, the pyramids are going to have a huge say. Like that's where everything in religion all stems to ancient Egypt. It's abundantly clear if you do your homework and research. And perhaps these pyramids are what. what is running this reality. Yeah, potentially. And that's why we see the pyramid. <laughs> Even, you know, their structure is a pyramid. Um, so it's very likely pure pyramid, pyramid. Interesting to get into the etymology of that word. Yeah. Pyramid, pyramid as in fire, pyro. Going back to Prometheus again, Lucifer, the great architect. Very possible. Yeah, I always thought it was funny. Why are the the pyramids aligned with Orion. What is the point of that? I don't really know why that is. I've not looked into it too much, but 
there's no there's no coincidence there's right in my opinion it's kind of like the energy is going there as well potentially mm -hmm. i mean if you look at it from a bird's eye view the pyramids a lot of the structure looks very computer like motherboard like in a sense yeah are yeah, they yeah, you know taking energy from the motherboard of earth and poof they're send it right there yeah that's why you see in like you know the pyramids in mexico they 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 exactly match to like a motherboard on the computer and you think how on earth is this being done and of course yeah. we both know it. it's not humans doing it mm -hmm. whatever created this reality the demiurge or god whatever you want to call it in what religion you follow same character yeah 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 it's very strange yeah that's why I think, yeah, it's a simulation, you know, there's yeah. components of the simulation in the simulation, potentially. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I've got nothing else to share. How about you? Oh, I just, I guess, let me clarify about the Christic uh, in relation to the other codes. The Christic codes, and even with the Christic, I'm not fully sure, because they do yeah. have this 12 energy and you know we have jesus and the 12 disciples the sun and the 12 signs so I don't know, that's why i said seven and then 13 13 rules kind of the exterior uh realm whereas seven rules the material realm mm -hmm. but the 12 energy of the christic and then when we look at the sephiro on the on the tree of life in the kabbalah it has 10 with the one hidden doth 11 but the christic has 12 it has the extra one on top like the, the star on top of the tree um that they don't show you in the kabbalah which automatically i'm like okay there's some truth to that because they're hiding it here right and the christic is based off the square root of two and then it just doubles so once you create that stair like pattern the Christic codes are encompassing the one beneath it. So they're not simply eating it up. It's It becomes kind of like a Russian nested doll where it's fractals, right? So yeah. they're all being used together to create something bigger. For sure. I can agree on that. Just to go back with the 12s, of course, you have Zeus and the 12 Olympians. So I think this jesus character that they push is perhaps the jupiter right mm -hmm. i believe so and then god would be saturn mm -hmm. which you have the father son with god the father and jesus the son yeah. yeah yeah i think again it's a corruption another copy yeah of what was potentially real and created and then transferred to the matrix and we have jupiter saturn and then i guess that leads me to the question what do you think the sun is i think saturn is the actual sun i think that's clear now having you do your research because all religions all worship the sun that's why you have the heliocentrism model where the sun is the center of the universe but the sun that they worship is not the actual sun that's in the sky it's more it's actually saturn you know saturn comes from satan and obviously 
you bring in the devil and that character. It's all it's all a Ponzi scheme. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how that's what I'm talking about, these these traps. Okay, you figured out that the Bible is sun worship and then it's not even actually about the sun. <laughs> it's about Saturn. <laughs> like what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Like, so much is gatekept and so much is they, they've already done this they already do this in their own schools of masonry you know yeah this is it and then you think wow you know, that makes sense and then oh wait that's not actually true like wow just, that just shows you can't hold on to a specific belief you just gotta hold yeah. it as an idea you never know what's actually true yeah like I always have changing truths like you want absolutes when you're figuring this reality out. You don't need half truths or semi truths. Like what you believe now may be completely different in a month's time because there's always knowledge to, to gain from this. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I've kind of been doing with my my work in numerology and astrology. I'm really trying to get down to the deepest aspect of it because when I discovered numerology and astrology, I'm like, okay, great. I can finally find my purpose. But really what it presented is my purpose in the matrix, basically, you know, it's like, oh, so you kind of have to just take the good from it and say, okay, well, these are my qualities. For example, in astrology, I have the sun in my first house, which presumably means being famous, you know, the spotlight is on you. The first house is you and the sun is bright light, basically, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Fame, recognition. So what was potentially my script was like the guy, Matt Damon in um, Justin Bureau, for him to be some sort of politician. So all of a sudden he has this influence that the Archons wanted him to have. Yet during his speech, what did he tell him? That basically was all fake, right? Yeah, it's all fake. Yeah. So it's like you kind of use the script against them. You kind of figure out your script and then you try to use it for a higher benefit. Mm -hmm. You know, it won't really show you your true purpose or anything like that. It's not designed to. Yeah, There's no true purpose here. Yeah. That's why you're going to escape. Yeah. That's why we, we need to realize that. We're not broken. It's, I mean, we are broken because of it. We've been recycled so many times that put us in a broken state that we need to heal. <clears throat> but the system itself is broken. You're not going to find much fulfillment here besides, you know, things like love and helping others that feels good inside. And, um, you know, you try to help the world. You try to make something larger than you. But the system in and of itself is parasitic. Just look at the financial system. Just look at the way any system is structured throughout this matrix. So corrupted. Yeah. Even astrology is corrupted. Like, each planet has its duality, its shadow, and its light. Um, keeping you influenced in certain... Uh, ideas and certain characteristics right so 
what's what's your uh numerology if you don't mind me asking i know you're a life past six but what does it add up to specifically well my numerology yeah 69 in total no freaking way dude are you serious <laughs> that's what my name adds up to in chaldean my full name Crazy. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So then, what do you think about this? Do people that are kind of supposed to exit are they just naturally drawn to each other? Is this faded? Is this scripted? What is that all about? I'm not sure. Actually, does could it be that the matrix? identifies the people that are not of use to it, groups them all together and says, all right, you guys can leave. I think so. <laughs> probably, probably a good idea. Yeah. Because, you know, once you, once you get to that level, once you get to, to not being ruled by the ego, there are no buttons to push to tempt you, no, nothing to manipulate, really. So what use are you to the actual matrix? The storyline's dead. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, have you got anything else we can wrap up? Yeah, no, that's it, yeah. We should wrap up. Yeah, it's been nice having you on. You learn a lot, and... I recommend people to check out his channel. Lord a lot of good wisdom and knowledge on the occult and everything surrounding the esoteric. Thank you so much for coming here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for hosting this. It's been a pleasure talking to both of you. Um, and, you know, let's do this again sometime. Yeah. Love to catch up soon, though. Yeah. Yeah, keep doing, keep doing the work you're doing. You're doing great work, too in terms of you know, decoding reality and seeking the truth. Because you have to really desire the truth and nothing but the truth by com continuously eliminating false ideas to finally see what's left over. Absolutely. So yeah, thanks for joining on and yeah man. All right, bro. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. This is the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, saying thank you so much, okay, for tuning in for this episode of The Occult Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and also comment, because it helps the algorithm. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, go to at the occult pod underscore 13, that is for Instagram and Twitter. And have a great rest of your day, okay? Thank you so much.